welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have two very special guests hailing all the way from wonderful New Jersey, established in 2015 by an innovative female entrepreneurs, Carrie Belog and Lauren Ganest. Brand Groupies partners with visionary C-suite leaders and business-to-business service companies transforming their presence in sectors like commercial architecture and engineering. Together, they pioneered the SOPR approach, unifying social media and PR to craft a comprehensive brand impact that ignites business growth. Their expertise lies in podcast management from concept refinement to launch Featuring media training, meticulous guest communication, and hands-on production. With cutting-edge equipment and personal oversight there, they record on-site, delivering bi-monthly episodes across major podcast platforms. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so Excited to be here. To yeah. So we, I w- I'm always curious about the origin story. I'm sure you guys have listened to episodes because you were so gracious as to push us a little bit on LinkedIn. I really appreciate that. Before we, I want to hear from each of you. So if, if each of you are answering questions, that's great. Uh, before we get into like what you do exactly now with brand groupies, tell us how you got here. You know, are you guys from the family of entrepreneurs? Where does all that spirit come from? Uh, let's see. <laughs> I I always say I um, I wanted to be an architect when I was growing up. I never quite did that. I got into the PR field. And um, my background was fashion PR. I did that for many years in New York City. And I lived in Milan for three years. And then I got the entrepreneurial itch and started a kids rock and roll themed play space in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And then um, came back to New Jersey uh, 10 years ago. And then two. 2015 founded brand groupies and um, you know the goal has always been the same to you know really be the cheerleader behind brands and the people behind the brands and and get the name you know out there in a very very cool way you know through that fashion lens and so um, you know that's where we are today and for everybody listening that was Carrie and now Lauren is gonna let us know yeah I was actually born into the built world although I didn't really realize that at the time, I guess, if my grandfather owned a company called Evans Asphalt, my dad worked um, on the roadside of you know, where we grew up in Pennsylvania, and my mom is an entrepreneur. She still owns her own interior design firm. And many other people in, in my world were in some ways connected to the built world. I actually followed in Carrie's footsteps and went on to uh, be in fashion PR, working with global brands like... Hermes and Burberry for about 20 years. And then when I made a move away from the city down towards the beach in Red Bank, New Jersey, I joined Carrie's company, Brand Groupies, in 2020. And since then, um, have just locked arms with her to run full speed ahead on this mission to shake up the AEC industry. Yeah, let's jump right into that. Exactly where I was hoping we'd go next is the AEC industry. Uh, so you guys obviously... You you wanted Carrie wanted to be an architect, and Lauren, you your your mother was an interior designer. So is that I'm curious, like why you wanted to focus on the A industry, AEC industry, and and then is your you know are are you eventually want to be more comprehensive with it? Like what what draws you to that specific sector? I, I guess we um, you know coming from fashion. 
Um, we always wanted to work with visionary uh, visionaries in you know a, a chosen industry, and I think you know as luck would have it, in 2017 we signed with Mancini Duffy, a hundred year old mm. plus architecture and design firm, and that was kind of the first um, you know experience uh, leap into the AEC industry. And I think what we uncovered was that wow, this industry is really behind the times, and mm. they're not doing the same things like fashion and beauty and entertainment that we were so accustomed to. So we just did what we've always done. And we quickly realized, wow, there's this huge gap to, you know, to really promote um, companies and the people and the faces behind these architecture firms, engineering, construction, design, um, like we did with our fashion designers. So I think that that adds to our mission to, to shake it up. 100%. Yeah, Lauren, do you have anything... Add to it or she cover it for you guys? I think she nailed it. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a question then. So like, can you give us some specific examples of how, how they were behind? Um, it doesn't surprise me that, that they would be. I mean, we're still, I have to explain to my architects all the time. Like you guys understand we are still building crudely. Like we're, I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, we're still banging. Here's the way to explain it. We're still banging sticks together to make a house. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. One of our clients always says yeah. that, Roger Krulak from Full Stack Modular. His grandfather was a uh, was in the construction industry, and he passed away many years ago. And he said if he ever came onto a construction site today, he'd notice that things are being done exactly the same <laughs> decades later. It drives him crazy. He's yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess what we noticed is coming from a, more of a fashion lens, we just saw all this opportunity for these talented firms, not only architecture, engineering, construction, but also within the design, real estate worlds to take all of their hard work and start putting it forward on social media and start telling the stories of the brands in a more um, proactive and consistent way. I think that, you know, a lot of what we notice is that this is a more traditional industry and where, where we were coming from, you know, many different companies in the fashion world, they had PR. They eventually added the social media to kind of their, their budget. And that wasn't the case in this industry. It wasn't really considered, you know, many people within marketing are often, you know, the ones responding and writing the RFPs. Many, many companies we've met with say, you know, we have Sally in accounting doing our PR. She helps us yeah. on our social media when she can carve it out. And <laughs> we see it as a very unique skill set that is a standalone position. <laughs> um, and so we just saw this huge opportunity, like Carrie said, to really delve deep into this industry and help firms that you know, the ones we've been attracted to are, I think, the ones that are already kind of doing things in a disrupt disruptive manner, because they're the ones that are open-minded enough to say, yeah. yeah, let me try something different from everybody mm -hmm. else. And when they do it, we notice that they can really move the needle and stand out. And there just becomes this incredible buzz around the firm or the company because they're putting them out, they're putting, we are helping them put themselves out there in a really unique way. Do you, do you find that out of the letters A, E, or C, which if everybody doesn't know who's listening, I'll just spell it off for you. It's architecture or architects, architects, engineers, contractors, what it stands for. Are we all equally as stubborn to this kind of change? I mean, or are the engineers winning? Are the architects losing? Because it seems like, I mean, to me, when I look at the whole thing, it does. I, I'm with you. The people who want to shake up the industry are the ones who are doing a show like Alex and I and working yeah. with people like you. Yeah, I, I guess... 
um, if and you don't have to pick on order. I'm just curious <laughs> if there is actually because I it seems to me it's about even maybe the architects would be a little bit ahead but that yeah, maybe it's architects because architects are ahead they okay. have you know sexy um, projects um, <laughs> and some a lot of um, visuals design things like that that might you know be able to to stand out and I think construction um, might need some more of a push yeah uh, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because this, you know, as far as your clients and your partners that you're working with, how, how are, who's finding who, how do you find the ideal person once you do? Is there a, you know, how do you sort through who you guys are going to work with? Yeah, I think we're inherently attracted, like I said, to brands that are doing things differently and that are visionaries to start with. So Mancini is a great example. They, 10 years ago, hired software developers. No one was hiring software developers at a 100-year-old architecture firm to start infusing this tech um, face to the brand. And mm -hmm. so I think we kind of start with who's already kind of um, has a bit of a different narrative. Like you said, similar to you and Alex, who's, you know, who's been podcasting for seven years yeah. or who's been, you know, looking at how they can do things like Roger Krulak, I mentioned, um, in the modular space, who's doing things that are maybe a little bit against the grain in an effort to move the overall profession forward. Beautiful. What the, I really love the acronym that you guys have formed, SOPR, because you're doing exactly what I think needs to happen is like the branding ability of people now with if they start their own podcast and they're able to wrap it all into social media and the the face that you're even if you do like Alex and I put these intro to F9 uh, videos together on YouTube, I mean, almost like a decade ago now, and it has paid dividends over and over again where people will meet us. After they schedule an appointment with us, we'll walk up to the door and then they'll say like, I mean, they just feel like they know us at a different level, I think, than other yeah, people. Absolutely. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm like, did you guys just again see the opportunity to try to do this social media plus PR and craft it all together because nobody else was doing it? Where does that come from? And then tell us how it makes you the move makes you move the needle for your clients. I know. I think it happened organically. Um, you know, I had started doing social media for Mancini, but with a PR background. But it wasn't until um, Lauren came on board and really started and kicked off the PR division. And then we quickly realized, oh, wow, all the press she was getting for our clients, whether it be on podcasts, on panels, quotes in the media, we would take that and we would then pulse it out on social. And then you know, on social, you'd be engaging with editors and journalists and podcast hosts. And then we'd, you know, send it back over to Lauren. Hey, did you look at this podcast? And she, you know, would would start booking and it just grew like we would have like maybe, you know, a few hits a month. Now, the amount of press, the you know, the consistency and the perception of these brands, you know, it also gives you a, a ton of evergreen content, you know, video clips of our um, clients being guests on podcasts that we can spread out. We can control mm -hmm. their messages. We can maybe post something three years later and that same philosophy and that, you know, message and that vision could can hold true. And it's, um, you know, just constantly being out there and doing it in a very strategic, um, aligned way versus everything being piecemeal. And we're just on the pulse. Something comes out, we post it within the hour. Like it's, it's just a well-oiled machine and our clients are, are really seeing the results and their, and their target, um, you know, customers. Beautiful. How can, let's move over to the social media part and just focus on that before we go back to the PR then. Um, how, how, how are you guys recommending that 
people you take on as clients, or even if they are just listening to this, that they can level up their social media from from just some basic stuff that they're missing out on? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's it's really starting with posting on your personal uh, social, you know, your personal LinkedIn account, because I forget the number, mm. but personal accounts have so much more reach than company accounts. So, you know, of course, you have that ne- network, those eyes, and I think it's 1% of people actually post. So even if you start small by posting once a week, sharing articles that make sense to you, you know, and finding those those few things that you're passionate about, you know, if you're an architect, are you, you know, what are, are you into resiliency or you know, urban living, like what, what is it that you specialize in or something that you care about and go all in on that so that you start to become, you know, a thought leader and you can add your own opinion. But I think just, you know, getting out there amongst your peers is, is crucial. Is that, is that baked into the algorithm then where your personal, I mean, without putting on tinfoil hat, you yes. always put on tinfoil hat on our show, yeah. but like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. I mean, it is. I, mean, I, just, I just wish I had the number something like 500%. It was this crazy number because, wow. you know, people want to hear from, you know, people. And um, I, I think that hits along a lot of the, the social channels. But, you know, you have to share and then, you know, people can share um, from the company page. And it's just a, you know, um, back and forth strategic effect. But I think if the, you know, if you're not as a leader, if you're not sharing, I feel like it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. I am, I think the it's, I believe you a hundred percent that that's true because we have the professional ones and then the, the personal ones. My personal one is literally, I think it's a thousand percent more in terms mm. of just followers, um, something like that. But then I was watching, I don't know if you've, you've probably seen this name float around LinkedIn because he's so popular now, Tyler Suomela. And mm. he, he crushed, I mean, he went from like a couple hundred followers about this time last year and now he's up to like 20,000 and, and, but he pushes everything through his personal page, like you said, and then pick, and then links in his, his business side of things like for mm-hmm. that, let's shift over to PR then public relations. What are, what are some things that AEC firms do you think should be doing just at a very base level? Again, even if they don't work with you, you know, I would love to hear that perspective. What should they do PR wise? We've always been a big proponent of, you should be writing your own press releases. Very simple. Everybody can do it. You're actually doing the job of journalists. And making their job easier if you just push them out and you'd be blown away about how often you get in the paper for that. I think the the number one thing that firms can do to help move the needle on the PR front is start telling the story of the people running the firm. Start revealing the faces behind the firm and pulse out just two to three leaders at the firm. It could be one, you know, depending on the size of the firm. You don't want to go out with too many faces at once, but start mm. to tell, you know, the story of each of those leaders and what can they speak to within the firm? What are your wow factors? What's differentiating you from someone else? And think of it through the lens of, you know, not only attracting new clients, but also attracting talent to want to work at your firm. So bringing the company culture alive, bringing any special, you know, factors like I could, you know, the the three faces that we use um, really as the leaders of Mancini Duffy. I could give you each of their wow factors in a few, you know, a sentence or two. And so really identifying how you can create this interesting narrative instead of making it all about the projects, you know, looking deeply at, at the firm and really pulling out what makes you different. Yeah. So you guys also do podcasts. I mean, you, you manage podcasts for several brands, uh, obviously. And, you know, that's what brought us here today. Uh, 
we're Alex and I are still sort of mixed about like, does it, it gives us an authority. It's it positions us as an authority in the space for sure. And we, we have gotten folks who want to just partner with, with us. And so architect to architect. And then there's been a few instances of where people, clients have said like, Oh yeah, we listen, we've listened to like, you know, a hundred of your episodes and we just love mm. you guys. And, and yeah. it was a long play to get them to sign and everything like that. Sure. So it definitely works. But I'm curious about maybe if you could give me some better stories than I have about how it's helped other people fuel their growth. Sure. I mean, I think it checks off, um, you know, so many boxes, um, especially if you, you know, invite guests on that are potential clients or existing clients. You know, no one says no to being a guest on, mm -hmm. on a podcast. And we've witnessed it. We've we've seen guests come in for our clients and literally like do a project together the next you know month sign. Um, so we have seen, you know, direct results. It's incredible for talent acquisition. You know, um, uh, potential employees can listen to, you know, the president's podcast from Mancini Duffy called The Anti-Architect, get to know him. Uh, we've also found that some of the guests send their podcast episodes to potential clients. Hey, listen to me on The Anti-Architect. Oh. That's all you need to know. And it's like their story and it's authentic and it's real and it's raw and it's, um, you really get to know a person. And I think it just helps people be that much, you know, um, cl uh, clearer if they want to work at the company, if they want to do business with that person, you know, it just really tells their personality in a, a really authentic way. And then I was just to add, if you level up with the podcast, you can really spread it across social. So, mm -hmm. you know, you do the, let's say we do 30 minutes today of a podcast episode, and then you can go back and you can tag the guests, you can tag mm -hmm. the guest companies, and hopefully they'll share it with their networks. And that's already expanding, you know, your network through social. And then you can go back and like Carrie said earlier, you can cut up those clips that become timeless and really spread out, you know, the lifeline of a 30 minute investment on your end. And and you can end up with lots of interesting content. It also adds another layer of credibility. So, yeah. you know, for instance, today, you know, Lance from inside the firm, you know, believes in brand groupies, so PR approach, <laughs> and, you yeah. know, like, like writing the narrative again, yeah. right? Like I can't help but do that. But that yeah. is, you know, that you're really leveraging, you know, these two different kind of audiences and piggybacking on each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's it like? Let's say somebody listens to this show. They are convinced there are a couple of the podcasters listen to this show that that I don't know. I mean, some people, even me, I'm thinking like it'd be interesting to see how you guys stack up against our current PR term firm that we're using. Um, not NPA, a different one. Uh, just to, just to see what you guys offer for X versus what they offer for X. Um, maybe some other case studies and everything. So if somebody is listening and they and they are interested in reaching out to you guys in that kind of capacity, what walk us through what it's like to work with you guys from the point of them seeing what you guys offer in terms of marketing packages all the way till, you know, you guys are doing maybe monthly or week, weekly meetings. I'm, I'm curious to, if you can give us an inside look at brand groupies. Um, 
Sure. I say we're, we're groupies, you know, through and through. We really sign on and um, with partners. We're in it for the long game. Um, so, you know, we first see if we're, we're a match and they're really open to being, being out there. If someone knows that their personal branding will fuel the business growth, because we do focus a lot on, on the people, you know, is key. We do work on a monthly retainer basis, usually on uh, annual contracts, because we do see them. it's a momentum game. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we really dig deep. We, we have brand discovery sessions where we, you know, talk to all the stakeholders at once. We narrow down the brand pillars. We do this whole branding exercise. So we really can come up with our brand pillars, social media, PR strategy, and we are ready to go. And, you know, Lauren and I have a combined 45 years experience in, mm -hmm. you know, global um, PR brands. And so once we're off and running, like we are so independent and that's what sets us apart. We're not selling and accounting. Literally our clients trust us like 200% so they can go and they can do their job, which is, you know, run the company and they trust that we are just going to, you know, keep it going and be proactive and, and come to them when we, when we need. But it's, it's that trust factor. And, you know, I think uh, we're true, um, true partners. We're not just like an outsourced vendor. We are literally friends with our clients. We, um, you know, respect each other. We, we hang out with their families. Like it's, you know, we go, we go deep and we want to grow deeper within each company and be really, you know, true partners. Mm -hmm. Do you guys take on folks who don't have what I would say is like the three prongs here? It seems like we're identifying, which is, a, you know, they're, they're on social media. They at least have the pages established mm -hmm. PR. They have some something that they're doing, you know, whether it's doing their own press releases, at least they may be having the past as a secretary, whatever. And then the third one is a, is a podcast. Like, do they have to have all three for you guys? Oh, so we, so we actually have four different services. So we have the social and the PR for firms. And then we also do personal branding for C-suite execs. So if there's someone listening or someone that you might be mm -hmm. familiar with who has, you know, a higher kind of agenda or goal for themselves personally, but their firm's not ready to um, jump in for PR and or social. We also work with interesting execs in that way. And then we do podcast management. So it's four separate services. Our ideal mm -hmm. way of working is to work with SOAPER, but we have started with clients with one service and then built with them over time. Um, what we notice is, you know, whether you start with the PR side first or the social side, eventually, you know, our clients tend to add at, at the bare minimum those two services mm -hmm. on because if you're getting PR and then you're not strategically pulsing it out on social, really, you're really not getting the maximum ROI. So there's lots of different ways you know, to partner with us from the beginning. And, you know, many of our clients, we started, you know, with a certain scope of work. And then years and years later, we're, we're, we just continue to expand or they keep pulling us more into the fold, which we love. That yeah. is like the definition of a true groupie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, very cool. If, well, we're running up on the half hour here. You guys have been fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Knowing what you know now, and if you each want to enter us, that would be great. Uh, I ask every guest is these last two questions, knowing what you know now, and if you can go back in time when you guys first started your brand groupies business, what is one piece of advice you'd give your former selves? Mm, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> to say, say <laughs> no. <laughs> Early on, 
when um, you know the client might, wasn't a fit. It wasn't a fit. We we uh, I don't want to steal Lauren's thunder. <laughs> you say it. I'll say it. Okay, so now when we choose, you know, teammates, clients, it's got to be a hell yes. If it's yeah. not a hell yes, and there's not that excitement, like we are so passionate, we are, <laughs> we get so excited about our clients and our, you know, our company culture, and and if we're not feeling that, it's a hell no, you know. So I think um, would have said no earlier and niche down. I think in this industry a lot earlier. Do I have to answer that? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was pretty good. Well, let me ask you this. Let me let me ask the follow up to the niche to the niching down the niching down question is. You mean you mean were you even a bigger umbrella and then you actually niche down to AEC? We were. We used to offer more services and we'd consider working with other types of businesses. And as soon as we got crystal clear that we were all in on, you know, PR, social media, podcast management, personal branding for C-suite execs in the architecture, engineering, construction, yeah. design, real estate industries, everything started to, to fall into place because I think mm -hmm. that there's confusion when you don't niche down that, you know, we'd have like, I remember somebody that Carrie <laughs> knew was trying to send us a chiropractor and we were like, yes, or a band, brand groupies, you know, or a band. Yeah. And the sooner you can get clear on who your ideal target is, both from a services perspective, because we could do it all, you know, in we the could. past we've done branding, we've done, you know, logos, logos websites. websites, graphic design, we have the capabilities because of our expertise to do a lot. Mm -hmm. And we then really honed in and got, you know, crystal clear on what the services are and who our ideal clients are. Even just being able to say that we only work with visionaries who think differently, <laughs> who think a little bit off center, that in and of itself is so clarifying in terms of, you know, you probably have someone in your head, Lance, that you think, oh, yeah, they'd probably be, you know, they uh, should work yeah. so-and-so, you know, and then you could think of a million traditional, you know, companies that probably wouldn't be up our alley. Mm -hmm. I think you guys made the right move, obviously, not that you need me to tell, to tell you that, but it just seems like I'm, as somebody who's in that industry all day long and, and wears all three hats, even a little bit of the engineer sometimes with calcs is like, I, I think you're spot on that it's a, it really needs to be, it's a, it's a, it's a bastion of opportunity. So the niching in your, your, in the way you did it is about perfect. Um, gals, again, thanks so much for being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you guys, if they're interested in brand groupies, getting in touch with you in that sort of way, where can they find and follow you guys? Uh, so brandgroupies.com and then brand groupies on uh, LinkedIn Instagram and you know all the channels and then our personal uh, LinkedIn uh, pages as well. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. We uh, we really appreciate your time. Thanks, oh, thanks, Lance. Lance. This was, was so awesome great. Thanks again.